for tuning in to the 547th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk with me, your host, Daryl D. Lane, as always, wherever you are, however you may be listening. I want to thank you for making me in this show part of your day, whether via Spotify, Team Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iRadio, SoundCloud, Pandora, whichever podcasting app or platform you may be listening to me via. Gonna have a great podcast for all you guys today. Gonna have my brother, Scotty Johnson, on. Talk a little bit of NBA playoffs, probably, then get into uh, our All-NBA team predictions. Now, before we get to that conversation with Scotty, I'm going to get my shameless plug, as always. First-time listener, thank you. But subscribe and follow right now. Also, share this podcast with your friends and family, whether it be Reddit Threads, Facebook groups, etc., etc. Check on the description below, specifically if you use Spotify. Everything timestamped. You can click on the timestamp, and we'll send you to every part of the podcast you would most like to listen to. Folks, it is for your convenience. Follow me on Twitter at Nitrate underscore Lane. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just type in Daryl Lane. You will find it. I post two to five minute clips of this podcast right here, as well as my syndicate show outside the shop. And lastly, if Apple or iTunes, give me five stars or a review. If it's my review, you don't like the pod, then right now we're in that, folks. But just don't say anything. Because you know what your mama told you. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it at all. And cut it next to the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. We're going to have Scotty Johnson on the show. Cut it next to the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Oh, we're back with Barbershop Sports Talk, and we have my man, my brother, Scotty Johnson. How you doing, man? I'm doing great, my guy. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. NBA playoff time. So, NFL draft coming up, too. So, you know, I feel like I'm in my wheelhouse right now. How are you feeling about the Cavs right now? So they're tied 1-1 versus the Knicks right now. Um, I'm feeling really confident. We should have won the first game, but it was most of them guys' first, you know, playoff game. So you really can't fault them. They played way better in game two. You know, they matched um, the Knicks' uh, physicality. I think the whole game, Garland stepped up. Um, Evan Mobley stepped up. Allen, Jetty, you know, Vert. Confident going into game three, going into the, into the garden. I honestly thought that we can beat them. We could sweep them, but it's New York. They're a good and grind team, so you got to give them credit on that end. I think that the series will go five, but I won't be surprised if it goes six. I don't think it's going to go to seven. Oh, so you think the Cavs are going to win both games in New York City? It's a chance, yeah. Yes, I do. Very confident. Now, you know there's a stat, I think. Teams that go up 1-0 in a series, I think they're like 70% chance to win the series or something crazy like that. Yeah. Or, that don't mean nothing to you, guys. <laughs> like, screw that. <laughs> I've seen teams win a game, you know. I've seen teams win a game in the first game and then lose a series. I've seen teams win a game one and lose four straight. Or win two games and then lose four straight. i never seen a team go 3-0 and lose four straight, though. But I've definitely seen teams, you know, go down 1-0 and come back in the fourth straight. It's possible. 
So we're going to do our all-NBA teams uh, a little late, but better late than never. So let's start with this. How about you go first for your all-NBA first team? Okay, so this one this one took me a minute. and The guards were the I, hardest part, weren't they? Say that again? Were the guards the hardest part for you? The guards and the, the centers. The guards and the centers. Okay. Forwards were pretty easy. But the guards and the centers were definitely difficult because I don't really like how this guy has a point guard. To me, he's a forward. It just happens to bring the ball up the court. This is my main man. The main man, Luka Doncic. You're giving him all NBA first team. Of course. Okay. Of course. Of course. And I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you my reason. I'm gonna give you my reason. But first, I mean, you know, you know, thirty-two point four points, eight rebounds, eight assists. I mean, All Star. The only thing, and this is gonna hurt me to say this, but when Kyrie got to that team. They went on the losing streak. But up until then, they were poised to make the playoffs. That's true. So I I get it. And me and you always bump heads when it comes to this. Like our NBA, I go more of the individual player. You throw in a little bit of team contribution, but for the most part, all NBA to me is an individual award. So Point guard, I had to go with Luka based on me walking triple double. I had to go with, I had to. Top, top three in scoring in the league. So I'm getting this up right now. I'm going to give you a little something, something really quickly. Uh, so in 2004, 2005, would you believe that there was a guy who played in L.A.? Number eight, I believe, at the time. Second best shooting guard ever by many accounts. His team missed the playoffs, and guess where he finished in the All-NBA? What, third? Yeah, third. The first team that year at guard was Steve Nash and Allen Iverson. Second team at guard was Dwayne Wade and Ray Allen. Third team was Gilbert Arenas and Kobe Bryant. And the Lakers, oh, so if you remember, that was the year after Shaq left and they missed the playoffs. They missed the playoffs. Before you finish that, let me ask you this. Before you finish that, let me ask you this. Do you think, or not even do you think, statistically, were any of those players better than Kobe Bryant that year? Uh, do I think any of them were better? Uh, Before I say were they better off, right? Individual time. I'm talking uh, about Gilbert numbers. Arenas, no. Ray, well, Ray Allen, no. Uh, I guess Adverson and D Wade, I, I have less of a problem with that, but Ray Allen definitely, in no universe, was he ever better than Kobe Bryant. I, I think if you're just, if you really want to do it, was he better than all those guys? Yes, he was better than all those guys. Uh, I don't feel totally uncomfortable with having AI and Steve Nash as the first team guards. If you're going to do it based off of who had the better season, you're going to take record into account and everything. Uh, but once you get to like Ray Allen, I mean, second team, I feel like maybe second team was the most appropriate place. But his team also yeah. missed the playoffs. Yeah, but see, that was 04 05, so I was a kid. I really don't know what, how that season went. I just know with this season, that was not was fine to make the playoffs until they made that trade to get Kyrie Irving. That's why it hurts me to say it. 
I like Kyrie. Okay. So, for me, uh, at first team for guard, I'm going to go with one, Stephen Curry. Uh, this one was hard for me, Scotty. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, and I didn't know what to do. I, I don't think Steph even played as many games as I would have liked him to play. Uh, think he was right at the 60 mark, right? No, he wasn't. He was at 56 games. So, even a little less. But the thing is, I guess this goes into it. Winning record, playoff team, sixth seed in the West, right? So, he checks kind of all those marks. Uh, obviously, when you get to his numbers, I mean, 29 a game, um, 49% shooting from the field, 42, 43% shooting really from three-point range, 90% from the line. So, almost 50, 40, 90. Uh, averaging about six assists per game and uh, six rebounds, too. So, I mean, he's giving you 29, 6, and 6 on almost 50, 40, 90. That's pretty extraordinary. Uh, the only thing that he doesn't have is the, the number of games totally, but he has some of the winning that I like. And truth be told, uh, if you want to talk about the eye test, he's the best point guard in the NBA. I don't think you would disagree with that either, right? Nope, I agree. So I, with, with all that, and given that there was really nobody else, I, I just, for me, I decided to put him there at guard. So, quick question. Do you think they still got a chance to win that series against the Kings? They're a bad road team, so that means they're going to have to win a game with him on the road. But it's the Warriors. No, I think everybody else is, but they haven't won a road game yet. They had they had a chance to kind of prove me wrong in Sacramento. Nothing they do in Golden State's going to change my mind. They need to win a game on the road. That could be game seven. Okay, well, eventually they're going to have to win a game on the road. So I mean, <laughs> all you got to do is get one. Just get one. All you got to do is get one in each round. And you want to know what I've realized? Teams with championship pedigree, you know what they do, Scotty? They went on the road. <laughs> I'm just saying, teams with championship pedigree, they went on the road. <laughs> but yes, if you're talking about in a game seven, do, do my artists, do we trust Golden State Warriors? Would Golden Gold State theoretically figure out in game seven? Sure, but I feel uneasy with it. I mean, a bad road team's a bad road team. And for me, just the hoping, I, I would rather see them win a game on the road. I, I just want to see it happen before I, you know. Okay. So who do you have as your next guard? Look, the man you just named, Wardell Stephen Carey, best point guard in the league. You touched on it, 50, 40, 90, about 30 points a game, 29. He didn't really play a lot, but he, he, he you know, part of the reason they're at where they're at is because of him. They had people, they dealt with issues all season. He still kept it poised and still, you know, went out there and did his thing night in and night out when he played. Because when he played, you know, he still played. Like, he hasn't missed a beat. Um, I didn't think they were going to finish where they finished that. I think that's largely because of Andrew Wiggins not playing. They kind of messed up the team chemistry. But... And the fact that Steph missed games, too. That hurt, too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if Steph plays all 82 games, I mean, they, you know, they're probably a top-four seed, if we're being honest. Which then again goes to his value. But then also, but they also were losing guys that they should have won too, like towards the, you know, like towards the end. But they, like you said, they always been a bad road team too, like the whole season. So that was the whole season, whether he was there or not. But I do think Andrew Wiggins, though, 
just by him being there makes them a different team, like just a different beast. Not just with Steph, though, because the Warriors, we always tend to, you know, give credit to Steph, but the Warriors as a whole, they players always took them when, you know, when it's time to step up. But, yeah, Steph was, this one, this one wasn't, this one was, you know, straight, pretty straightforward. Steph, to me, I love watching, to this day, I love watching Steph, even though I hate the Warriors and the Cleveland fan, but I love watching Steph play as a basketball player because I'm a former basketball player, so I like what he does, you know. And about five, five 5.4 rebounds, 4.8 assists, 29 points his last five games. That's including the playoffs. 50-40-90. Averaging a steal, at least a steal. Playing defense. I think that the media, or not even the media, just the world in general, doesn't give Steph like his proper respect. As an all-time point guard, but that's just that's a different conversation. But it was it was pretty straightforward for me for this one. It really won that hard. I think Steph is one of the five greatest guards to ever play the game and probably the second greatest point guard to ever play the game. Probably one of the four greatest guards to play the game. Sorry, Dwayne Wade. Uh, I think some people argue Magic. No, I think he's the second best. But yeah, yeah, some people would say Magic. Some people might say Steph is the best point guard ever. I, I think Steph right now is the second greatest point guard ever, but that's fine. I think he's one of the four best guards in NBA history. Uh, right, Magic, MJ, Kobe, and then Steph. I think... Uh, uh, that's where I would put stuff. So for me, for my next guard, I'm going with your guy, Donovan Mitchell. So got the Cavs at the four seed this year. You know, I like winning. So his stats, right? 28, 4, and 4 on 48% shooting. So fairly efficient. He's shooting about 39%. Actually, 40. No, wait. No, yeah, 38%. 38% from three. 87% from the line. He gets to the free throw line. Uh, really having the best off-ball guard season out of anybody in the league. Uh, does a lot for Cleveland. Uh, he's upped his defense, too, this year. They have one of the best defenses. The Cavaliers have one of the best defenses in the NBA. Uh, and Donovan, I mean, he had a first-team type of season for me. Uh, and if you look at his games played, right? I mean, he played 68 regular season games, uh, which is more than enough to be on the All NBA first team with a lot of which a lot of these guys didn't do this year at the guard position. So I'm going with Donovan. Mm, that's a good. That's a good. Uh, that's a good choice. That's a good pick. I like that. How you feel about the Cavs this season? You're a big Cavs fan. I think they're going to lose in the second round in Milwaukee. What? Nah. Well, what's going on with Giannis? Is Giannis playing tonight? You don't know that. You don't believe that. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't even know. I don't know. I don't know. I usually check my Twitter. My NBA uh, underdog. It gives you out. Um, shout out to NBA underdog. Follow on Twitter. They give you um, updates and stuff on um, who's the day of the games and stuff on who's playing tonight. Okay. They'll let you know if it's game time decision, depending on, you know, the injury and the player. Okay, that's good for gambling purposes. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> so, who do you have a forward for you? Okay, so I know this one. This is probably where for me and you is probably going to get where chip it when it comes to these bigs and forwards, but I got the Greek freak. I mean, not the Greek freak. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Not, not, not powerful. Small forward, I have Jason Tatum. You know, my guy got a, out of Duke University, St. Louis, averaging 27, 11, and 4 um, in the playoffs in uh, two games, 58.8 true shooting. 
has field goals and free throws and threes. And now for the season, he averaged 38 and 5, 88 points, eight rebounds, five assists, a steal, and a block, and about two two turnovers. So that's 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 good. I mean, he out there, he ain't out there just you know, he ain't out there just running around. Jason Jason Tatum's impact for Boston is, I don't know, it's something I I, I just yeah, I don't know, you know. Jason Tatum's game is is smooth, and then. Him having his complimentary, complimentary, comp, ah, I can't say that word. We're gonna skip that. Him having his teammates, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Al Horford, Derek White, Grant Williams, um, Robert White. I mean, they they step up around him, and he's a leader. And like even his teammates, I heard his teammates say that he stepped up in his leader role, in his leader, in that leadership role type role. And he's only what 25, 24, 26. He's only art. He's around like art. And to see where he's at now, they they might be on the first going to another finals. So and Boston gets better. I'm sorry, but to finish it off. Boston gets better. It's like they get better when they stay the same every year, and then of course they're contenders because of you know Jason Bay. So I'm going to go on and agree with you here. Uh, Tatum, I have him as my first forward. Uh, first of all, when you look at the minutes he plays, uh, he's top five in both total minutes and minutes per game. Uh, when you look at just the raw stats, he's at 30 points per game, uh, shoots 35% from three, 46% from the field, 85% uh, from free throw. So not crazy efficiency. I, I mean, it, it, it's solid. It's, it's nothing crazy here, but it's it's the consistency in which he plays. He played 74 games this year as well, and Boston was the second seed and had the second best record overall in the NBA. So he's always playing. We know what he does both ways. He's one of the five or ten best perimeter defenders in the NBA. Uh all defensive caliber type of guy at that position as well. So with everything uh, Tatum does, the best player on that team in Boston's winning, I think there's he's a no-brainer, actually, uh, first-teamer. He was actually, Tatum was the second easiest guy on this list for me to actually put on the first team. Yep, I agree. Definitely was the second easiest one, no-brainer. no-brainer. Or maybe even the easiest, depending on if you want to, what you want to do with Jokic and Embiid? I mean, he, he Tatum was one of the easiest guys. Like, there's no way Tatum the season Tatum had Tatum can't be on here. But yeah, Tatum was first or second easiest. Yeah. So you got Jason Tatum too. Yes. I've been losing at seven to Milwaukee, but it's now kind of pending what goes on with Giannis. Oh, you got Philly in the finals. No, I don't got Philly in the finals. And who you got in the finals? I got Boston. Boston. Oh, so you got Philly beating them. You got Philly beating them. I got Boston. I don't think Philly can beat Boston. Who has the best player in the series? Boston. Okay. This is Okay. I think Joel might have something to say about that, but okay. We'll see. So who's your next forward? I said his name first by accident, but Giannis Antetokounmpo. To me, he was the, this might be, this might be to a different debate, different time, but to me, he was my MVP. Because Giannis, every year, the numbers go up, 
just do it. You just buy a little bit. <clears throat> this year, they every something went up. Like every year, something goes up. Whether it's efficiency, whether it's points, whether it's rebounds, whether it's assists, steals, blocks, field goal percentage, three point percentage, free throws. Something goes something something in his game improves. Now and he's the type of player that can be dominant on both ends, right? I mean, thirty points a game, twelve rebounds, six assists, he's he's you they're using him a lot on offense. Defense still in a block. And usually Giannis is the type of player that's, that covers both ends of the floor. He's running up and down. It isn't like he's just, you know, the type of player that's just walking, which is another thing that I like. But I think that how the way he plays to him, it, 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 it's prone for him to get injured, especially in the playoffs. But still, he's a dominant player. Top five MVP and defensively, defensive player of the year candidate to me always every year, even though he might not get it all the time. But to me, he's top five offense and defense in the league. Top five two-way player, if not the best two-way player. Behind Kawhi, you can argue Kawhi and other players, but you know that's up to you. But as the fourth, I got uh, Giannis. I think the combo. Yeah, Giannis. I got Giannis too. This is pretty easy. He's the best player in the league. I mean, so fifth in uh, points per game at thirty-one point one. Third in rebounds per game in the kind of the whole league at uh, 11.8, nearly 12. Averages about six assists, uh, 55% from field goal. I mean, uh, gets the line at an insane rate. Uh, one of the five best defensive players in the sport. Uh, that's not, it's not particularly, well, you could argue he's the best high leverage defensive player too. I don't know if, like, I mean, when it comes down to it, I don't know if there's a defensive player you'd rather have instead of Giannis Antetokounmpo, can protect the rim, can guard his own position, get out to the perimeter, can blow up things to the pick and roll. I mean, he does everything. He's fantastic running back in transition. You have to worry about him kind of like LeBron doing all these crazy blocks from behind. Uh, doesn't say a steal. Yeah, uh, it's... He's fabulous. And then you look at the winning, right? Bucks best record in the league in the toughest conference in the league this year, going up against Tatum and Joel Embiid regularly, who had both fantastic seasons in their own right, uh, and the number one overall record in the league as well in the Eastern Conference. So there's there's no reason that uh, Giannis shouldn't be on this list. All NBA first team for Giannis Antetokounmpo. Don't forget to throw the Cavs in there. <laughs> and the Knicks. And the Heat. And the Hawks. The Cavs. And the Raptors. Who in the yeah, playing yeah, teams now, Scotty? I just want to hear you say Cavs one time. I said the Cavs, too. Well, no, you said the Cavs. I didn't say the Cavs. So, and um, at the center, we probably, this is probably a no-brainer. And I ain't going to fake. I definitely had a, it was rough, but. You already know how it is when it comes to these two centers. I had to go with Joel Embiid. I had to go with my guys. And I honestly think they're going to give him the MVP this season just because of the things and how the way things played out these last couple seasons. I really think the league don't want to give it to him, but I think they're just going to give it to him, you know, because it's it's Joel. And then give it give it that Denver and Philly, they had different um, closing out of the seasons towards the end, like the last probably like 20 games, so... But I got Joel Embiid, lead scorer in the league, 33 points, 10 rebounds, four assists, one steal, two blocks, 
turnovers. For center, that's, that's good. 32% from three, 85%, 86% from free throw. So he ain't, he's a, well, you know, bigs have that, that stigma of not being able to shoot free throws. And he's 86%, that's almost 90%. That's outstanding. In the playoffs, he's shooting 90%. In the playoffs, he averaging 20 and 11. Now, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a slight drop, drop but he also got hurt. He's been hurt too, man. So I think those numbers are going to go up next round. But if he's likely to get the MVP, I mean, really finish third, I feel like they could have probably finished second. If, you know, depending on how well Harden and the other like players play. But it's Philly, I, I think Philly, to me, Philly didn't catch on to like midway towards the end as well. Like, they didn't start really like getting it together until the middle of the season. You know, it took them a minute. But all through, all through uh, you know, led by Joel. Very seed. And they got a shot at they got a legit shot this year. I got a lose in the Boston, but I wouldn't be surprised if they can cost if they can cost enough so. So the seventy sixers, uh with Joel and B. Yeah, uh you who do you think I have, Scotty? I think just because of how like I said, how the way the season and stuff ended, I think you gotta be if you got the Joker, oh my goodness. I don't got either of them. I got Sabonis. What? I'm playing with you. I'm playing with you. We're going with Joel Embiid. We're going with Joel Embiid. Okay. I was going to say, you got me started. So, uh, you're right. I mean, leading the NBA and scoring at 33 a game. Is, is Joel Embiid the best scoring center since Shaquille O'Neal? Yes. Okay. And it's not particularly close, right? Yes. Okay. Nah, come on. So, yeah, 55% from field goal. I mean, the third overall seed in the Eastern Conference, third overall record uh, in the NBA. He's been dominant uh, from wire to wire. He's been one of the three best players in the league, along with Giannis and Nikola Jokic. I mean, you can put all three of them in a bag and whoever you want MVP. But also, given that, uh, and he's been on the second team the last few years, it seems like he is going to win the MVP. Uh, And he should be first team center. I think the one thing you could have done here is you could have slided Tatum to guard, put Giannis small forward, put Jokic the power forward, that Embiid to center. That would have been really the four best players this year. But that doesn't really necessarily work with the positions. I thought about doing that, but I ain't going to lie. I don't think Jokic to me. I think he just had the same type of season he had last year. Like To me, he didn't really... So what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break and then cut up next after the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. We're going to get into our All-NBA second team. Cut up next to the break on Barbershop Sports Talk. Barbershop Sports Talk, and we still have Scotty Johnson with us, and now we're going to get into our All-NBA second team. So, my first team guard is, second team guard, excuse me, is Ja Morant. Uh, 
I don't think Ja could have had any consideration the first team given his little hiatus. I don't know if we should be rewarding Ja because Ja was playing gangster for a little bit. Ja was playing a little bit too much GTA. Uh, so we're going to have Ja on the second team, though. Obviously, Grizzlies, second best record in the Western Conference. Uh, one of the most electrifying guards when he plays. Uh, fantastic in the open court, penetrating and getting into the paint. Uh 61 games, and a lot of that was self-inflicted. It wasn't even due to injury, so he couldn't predict it was because Ja was acting uh, like an idiot. Uh, but 26 a game, uh, field goal percentage 46%. I mean, gets the line at a high rate uh, eight times a game, just about. Uh, look at the assist. I mean, eight assists per game. So he checks a lot of decent metrics, right? So I have Ja as my first team guard. Second team guard. I keep saying first team. Maybe it's because I want to pitch John on the first team so much. I just I just couldn't. Okay, so this is where me and you about to do. This is where it gets interesting. I got my Kentucky guard out of from Sacramento. Let's team to the third seed. I got my boy De'Aaron. De'Aaron Fox. Wow. Average 25. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 25 points, four rebounds, six assists. A steal on the block, two two turnovers, shooting off fifty one percent from field, thirty two point four from the, um, the three point, seventy eight percent free throw shooter. Outside the free throw shooting, which could be a little better. I mean, the end is just to me, and I don't, I don't remember if we discussed this on the um show or not, but or like we briefly spoke about it on or off air, but. I remember a couple of years ago, we talked about who was better at the time between John and De'Aaron Fox. I want to say this had to be John's third or second year in the league. And I think at the time I said De'Aaron, but I did say John will probably have a better career when it's all said and done. But I don't know. After this season, I, got, I, might, have to, I might be changing my mind. Because what De'Aaron Fox has done in Sacramento for somebody to stay, you know, with the team that um, drafted him and to really go the quote-unquote old-school route and just trust his, trusted his organization to get the players around him. And with a coach like Mike Brown that's defensive-minded, you get that with the young team that they have, I think you couldn't ask for a better, um, you know, for a better, uh, for a better pizza. Eight points in the fourth quarter. They say statistically he's the best short quarter player. He always played better in the fourth. The numbers got better in the fourth. That's a, the Aaron's a little bit too rich for me, but uh, I I actually have no problem with it. He had a fantastic season for Sacramento. So for me, uh, at second team for guard, I'm going to put Luka Doncic here. Uh, the numbers are just, I mean, really, I mean, as you kind of mentioned, he has really first-team numbers. I mean, 32 a game, second in the league in points. I mean, 8.6 rebounds per game, 8 assists per game, 8 assists per game, which is sixth. Shoots 49% from the field, uh, gets the free-throw line at a decent rate. Uh, dominant offensive player, one of the two or three best offensive players in the entire NBA on a consistent basis. Uh he just missed the playoffs. He even missed the plan, which to me, if you're not even a top ten team in your conference, I can't justify putting you all NBA first team. Uh, 
So that that's kind of where I'm at with Luca. But the raw numbers, I, I mean, there's no debate there. So I had him first, you had him second. So where do you think that was going from there before I, I give you my, my two guys? Beware of Kyrie. I don't know where they go from here. I mean, they trade, trade all their assets. Uh, they need to get a, find a way to get a star with Luca. Because, you, you know, you feel like you think that the season that they just had, the playoff run that they just had last year with the acquisition of Kyrie, you would think they'd be better, but after what happened, I'm interested to see how it plays out as well. So I don't know they, where they go from there either. So, my two guard, I got Donovan Mitchell. You had him in your first, I have him in my second. He would have been in my first if Cleveland probably would have finished second or third, but I mean, obviously, me being from the city, I love what Donovan Mitchell's doing. Last five games, 36 points, four rebounds, six assists, a steal, a block, three turnovers, shooting on 58% in the field, 45% from three. And for the season, 28 points, four rebounds, four assists. I mean, a steal and a block, the numbers fairly outside the storm. The numbers really stayed the same. Donovan Mitchell, one of the players that I, I feel like that steps up in big moments. I just think the teams that the team that he was on in Utah just, you know, by them being in the West, it was hard for them to overcome the hump because they always had to run into somebody. First year they beat OKC, they run into Houston. And they run into Houston in the first round. The next year, then they lose, they lose a 3 1 lead in the bubble. You know, and they lose to the Clippers. Like, I, I, they lose to Phoenix, I think. I forget who they lost to in 2021. But Utah just, you know, won it. But Donovan always been that player to me that always been big time. And I think we're going to, we're going to go. We could win too because he's from New York. So he's going to play better in the garden to me. I feel like he's going to show up in the garden. Maybe not the first game, but the second game four. You know, show up game three, game four, he's going to go off. But, I got the cast five or six. So for me, uh, for second team forward, I'm gonna go with LeBron James. Uh, this is hard for me. LeBron didn't play a lot of games, but he played 55, which is just barely good enough. I mean, you look at the numbers: 29 a game, 8.3 rebounds, seven assists on 50% shooting. Uh, the Lakers were the seventh seed in the Western Conference. They made a run. Uh, late in the season, even though he missed parts of those runs himself. But when he played, the team was very, very, very good, which kind of still shows his value. Still a top 10 player in the league, right? Uh, not No longer a top 5 player for me, but 7 through 10, he's definitely in that range, which speaks a lot at his age, actually. But LeBron James, um, he's going to be my first, second team forward. That's a good, that's a good one. Um, this one... It was, it was one of the ones where I had two names and I had to cross out one. I really didn't want to have to cross out one I crossed out, but I'm a Cleveland guy. I had to go with, you know, the Akron guy. I had to go with LeBron. I had to go with the King for all the reasons you said. And I think that out of 82, 55, for somebody his age, that's, that's decent. That's reasonable. That's reasonable. Especially you take in all the miles he got on his legs. More than reasonable. <laughs> reasonable. 
pressures. LeBron can't play the 60-plus. He probably can, but he will, I felt like he himself will probably want to preserve that to around like 55, 50 out of 82, especially if we're going to be making playoff runs because he's going to play more than he gonna play more than 60 by the playoffs. Well, they're going to try to aim to play more, you know, by winning and advancing. But, you know, Kawhi the same way. I feel like they try to preserve those type of players, but I feel like Kawhi different. Different beat, different story, but still same concept as far as, like, preserving for the playoffs. So I have LeBron, too. So for me, at my next four, I'm going with another Laker, Anthony Davis. So 26 a game. 12.5 rebounds, 56% shooting from the field, obviously defensively. He's still one of the most impactful defensive players. You even saw the Memphis game before he got hurt in game one. He's changing every shot at the rim. Uh, he's fantastic, especially when he plays center. I squeeze them into forward here, uh, though, just because obviously him and the other guy, both of them deserve to be on here. Uh, in the beginning of the year, we were talking about him being the best player in the NBA. Uh, went down a little bit because he got hurt, and obviously that's always the concern with Anthony Davis. How was it that concern in game one uh, when the Lakers played the Grizzlies and he was out, but then he came back, right? So Anthony Davis is my second team forward. Okay, so This one, this one was hard too because I wanted to play KD, but KD only played forty-seven games. So to me to do to put him like to put him on that, I couldn't. And this one might shock you, but to me he's on NBA second because he's been a one defensive player of the year. I think he probably already won defensive player of the year, but I got Jaron Jackson Jr. Now. Wow. The numbers aren't there. The numbers aren't there. I'll give you that. Uh, I know. I know. I know. Regular season numbers aren't there. But Memphis is a better team defensively when Jai, when Jai Morant doesn't play. They play defense way better when he doesn't play. And all the other players step up. What if I told you that for the season, Jaron Jackson averaged 18.6 points, seven rebounds, one assist, and one steal, right? Three blocks. Now, what if I told you that in two games against LA, he's averaging 25 points, seven rebounds, 3.5 assists, a steal, and 2.5 blocks? So, on top of being defensive player of the year. Now, the numbers aren't there, but the impact on the court is there. And that's something that won't show up on stats or on paper. That's something you got to just watch. And he's guarding Anthony Davis. 48 minutes almost. Whole game. Uh, and Jaron Jackson is only, what, a good 6'8", six, 6'9", six, maybe 6'10". He's not a, a traditional 7-footer. But he's playing big. He's playing big, but he's small. So I think that his impact on the court, not just Ja's impact, but people always talk about Ja. But Ja isn't the defender Jaron Jackson is. Jaron Jackson is the reason why Grizzlies, the Grizzlies' defensive numbers are what they are. So, I Wow, that's kind of shocking. I wasn't expecting to hear Jaron Jackson's name. Uh, that's very interesting. But obviously, yeah, I mean, he's really the leader for Defensive Player of the Year. Um, and it's not particularly close uh, for a lot of people. And uh, obviously, when Jod doesn't play, he holds down the fort and they win basketball games, right? Uh, so... For me, at center, obviously, this is going to be pretty easy for everybody. Nikola Jokic, uh, 
he's probably going to finish second in league MVP voting. Uh, leads the NBA in almost every analytic that is considered relevant, whether it's like PER, win shares, offensive win shares, VORP, uh, all, all this other craziness. He's like top three or he's leading all of them. Uh, one of the best best passing big men of all time. Uh, the Nuggets are have the fourth best record in the NBA in total. They have the best record in the Western Conference. Uh, he does it all for this team. He plays a lot of games as well. Very efficient basketball player, Nikola Jokic, second team center. Um, agreed. Um, I have Nikola Jokic, no brainer. The reason why he wasn't in my first team is because I didn't like how towards the end, how the way um, Denver was playing as a team. He was part of that. I felt like Denver's where they're at also. Because of um, the team, not just Nikola Jokic, they have a great point guard in Murray. They have um, a great backup in DeAndre Jordan. They got Octavius um, Caldwell Pope, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon. They still have a solid, a solid team. You know what I mean? Um, and his last five games averaged 17, 12, and eight. Not as good, but scoring can be a little bit up. And I think sometimes he. They, Denver, Denver's problem is that they try to play too much through Jokic from the point guard, from the guard aspect, instead of just having to play like a traditional big, almost like, that's why I like Joel and B, because Joel can post up, he do guard stuff too, he's not the traditional center, but he does the guard stuff, he's like in the way center, but he can still post you up, and he's not afraid to back you down and put you on the block, but Jokic, but that's always been my biggest knock on Jokic, but everything else, I mean, walking triple-double as a center is something none of us has never seen. So, And with two MVPs, you can't take that away. He definitely deserves this season. He deserves second team. So now we're going to get to All-NBA third team. Uh, and you can start off the third team, Scotty. <clears throat> okay, so my third team. Now this player, did, they didn't make it to the playoffs, but to me, he had a season that Definitely stepped up. It was um, another Kentucky guard, Shea Gilgis Alexander. I want to say top five in scoring, but obviously their team didn't win as much. But their team was definitely very entertaining to watch, and they got better because of the you know the Shea Gilgis trade. And um, thirty-one points, four rebounds, five assists, two steals, a block, three turnovers, fifty-one um, percent field goal. 34 from the three, 90% from the um, free throw. And I really believe that Shea's scoring numbers went up is because he's not he's not the point guard Josh Giddy is. So by Josh Giddy being the one that's facilitating, he can come off the ball and have more catch-and-shoot opportunities instead of having to be the one facilitating all the time. But don't get it wrong, he is a one-on-one player. But to be more effective in a 5-on-5 game, he has to have times where you have to come off the ball So for me and my third team guard, I'm going De'Aaron Fox. Uh, did you think I'd have De'Aaron on here, Scotty? Yeah, I kind of, I kind of figured you had him third. Okay, I have him third. Obviously, third seed in the West. Uh, 
really big accomplishment. I mean, 25 a game, 4.2 rebounds, 6 assists, 51% shooting from the field. Really efficient shooting from the field, by the way. Uh, one of the best penetrators in the NBA, along with John Moran, one of the best guys in the open court. He's part of the reason that Sacramento has the best offense in the NBA, and they're able to play with such a pace. Part of that's because as soon as he gets the ball, he's getting it, he's going, and he puts so much pressure on you that way. So De'Aaron Fox, uh, my third team guard. Yes, yes, yes. And for my two, I'm going to go with this one, your third, third team was probably the most difficult, this one, because um, it, the league had a lot of great players this year, a lot of great scores, but at the two, I got Jalen Brown. Got Jalen Brown. Brown. The Boston Celtics averaged 26.6, seven rebounds, four assists, a steal, a block, three turnovers, shooting 49%. From the field goal, 33% from three, 76% from free throw. And Boston, to me, we always debated this, but to me, Brown is a better player, as a better basketball player than Jason Tatum, but I feel like Tatum's impact on the court is different. Because Jalen Brown does everything like dirty. Like he does, the only thing he doesn't have as an individual player is probably like great handles. He does not, yeah, he doesn't have the handle Tatum does. I don't think he's the passer Tatum is either. You say what? I don't think he's as good of a passer, and I don't think he makes the reads Tatum does either. Yeah, I feel like the high. I feel like the playmaking is not the same. It's just the handles. Well, I guess that goes into playmaking too, because you got to be able to handle to get the ball where you need it to go. So I give you that. But I feel like everything else he he can do better. He's more physical. He's more physically intimidating. Like, I feel like players are, you know, and then his matchups are smaller. Most of his matchups be smaller guard. He's a good 6'7", six, 6'8", six, playing the two, two guard, the two position. So, that's a mismatch for most for most guards. And can't do nothing with him. And with him and Tatum, Boston always finishing top two or top three. Or top two, really. That was one last one, really, two. I had Jaden Brown. So for me, uh, at my next guard spot, I'm going with your guy, Shea Gildas Alexander. We got an all-Kentucky backcourt for my third team. Who would have ever thought? Uh, so he's fourth in points per game in the league this year at 31 a game, which is crazy that he had such a breakout year. He's basically averaging five rebounds, 5.5 assists, 51% shooting. Uh, well, the Thunder, they didn't make the playoffs. They did make it to the play-in, which you have to count that a little bit too. So they were a top-10 team in the West. They finished ninth because they lost uh, – and that 9-8 matchup to the Minnesota Timberwolves. So he had a season like that. Uh, and I think he's more deserving of a all-NBA spot than anybody on a team like the T-Wolves, for example. Uh, and he definitely had one of the 15 best seasons in the NBA this year. So say Gildas Alexander should get a guard spot. Yep. And so for my this small forward, oh my goodness, this one was hard too because... Yeah, and you know me, bro. I'm gonna just go and do it. I had Jimmy Butler at my three. Definitely, you know me. I'm a, I'm a Jimmy Buckets fan. I... So is Rachel Nichols, so don't worry. <laughs> oh, <we go. laughs> okay, never mind. Hold up. Chill, chill, chill. I thought you said we weren't going to do Rachel like that. And then... <laughs> Scotty's just worried about Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm a Jimmy Buckets fan. I'm a Jimmy Buckets fan. Um, I'm going to go with Jimmy Butler. Uh, 
he's another player where now twenty three points a game, six and six rebounds, five assists, two steals, a block, one turnover, fifty three percent from the um, field goal, thirty five from three, eighty five from free throw. Like Jimmy is just a, a ball player. He's gonna do whatever it takes for his team to win, whether it's scoring, or pounding, assisting. Jimmy's the type to where like if another man is hot, he doesn't mind taking a back step. But if he's the guy, he's the guy. Like in the playoffs, like that was the regular season. Um, but in the playoffs, he's out to thirty four and seven. So that goes to show you in the, in the playoffs when it's time to matters, he the numbers go up. He turns, he he shows up when it's time to show up. And the impact, like I said, the impact. The numbers sometimes they just don't show up on the court. He's another player that's willing to do the dirty work that some other players might not be willing to at the time, or might not have the the mindset to do so. So. So for me, first forward spot, I'm going to slide Brown over to forwards to squeeze Brown in. Uh, so the Celtics had the second best record, like I said, with Tatum. Second best record in the league, second best record in the East. Second best player on that team, 26.6 points per game, seven rebounds, three and a half assists, 49% uh, shooting from the field. Uh, from three-point range wasn't super good. It's at 33 and 77% from the line or whatever. But the defense is also, again, top 10 wing defender in the league, similarly to Jason Tatum. Like you mentioned, he takes on a lot of those smaller guards uh, as well. Great off-ball defender, great at closing in and making plays that way. Plays super hard, does a lot of the gritty, nitty work. And I think he needs to be rewarded. Definitely top 15 season for Jalen Brown. Uh, before I get into my next player, let me ask you a question regarding the playoff series. Do you think Miami has a shot to upset the Bucks? If Giannis doesn't play. Let's go with if he does. Then no. Okay. I think he's out of play. Tonight? Yeah, because the last game was game time decision, and they chose not to play him. Okay. So, yeah, I think he's going to play tonight. It's the playoffs. Got to play. Well, I mean, you could have said that last game. <laughs> I mean, the teams are starting to pull the Kawhi. I mean, they're, 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 they'll take the gamble of losing the game and having that person come back for the next game. Load management in the playoffs. You know how I feel about that. Uh, that's crazy to me. So, who's your forward, Scotty? Um, that's a player that used to be at Cavalier only for like a couple seasons. Not really for that long. I think just one season, if I'm not mistaken. But it's my guy, Laurie Markinen. I think he's going to get win most improved. I think he deserves most improved. Went from, what, about 18, 17 points to 25, 26 points a game, 8-point rebound, 8.6 rebounds, two assists, one steal, one block. For a scoring, the average two assists of a scoring, you know, the scoring, the scoring on power forward, that's not a lot, but... Hey, he ain't just, you know, he's not a ball hog. He's averaging two. So I got Lloyd Markin in. And Utah didn't make the playoffs, but to me, he was one of the players. Like I said, all the NBA is also is more so individual players. I go off the games and how they played their season. And even though his team didn't have a great season, Lloyd Markin himself had a great individual season. He played in 66 games. Shot 49.9% from the field goal, so that's 50%. 39% from three-point and 87% from the free throw. Um, 
definitely game improved, and I love seeing players like that to where, like, you know, their numbers improve, like, drastically. That means that goes to show you that they care and that they're putting in work to, you know, improve the game. And they have a certain love for the game that, you know, they got to know where they are. So I had a little marking it. So me and my other forward, uh, I'm going with Jimmy Butler as well. Uh so Jimmy Butler is going to squeeze in there. Miami, they squeezed in there in the playoffs. So I'm going to give Jimmy his just due. Uh, Jimmy, he gets the free throw line. Really tough defender. Gets you 20 a game. Very consistent. You always know what you're going to get from him. Going to be a playoff team. You're going to get your 20 points. You're going to get to the line. You're going to get good defense. You're going to win a whole lot of basketball games. Similar to Jalen Brown, does a lot of the nitty-gritty stuff. Uh, and then a big player performer. I know we don't really count that, but a big player performer. Uh, so, Jimmy Butler, my other forward. Okay, I got to I gotta, I take a deep breath on this one, Fred, because this one, this one was difficult. This one was difficult because these two are having, like, they, 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 play, they don't play the same, but the numbers are kind of similar. So, and one was an all-star and one wasn't. Two names were Sabonis and Anthony Davis. So, I finally came to the conclusion. I'm going with AD, so I had to bump out Sabonis. I didn't want to do it because he was an all-star and like, he, had a, he had a great season, too. And he's the reason that, well, I ain't going to say he's the reason, but he's part of the reason also why the Kings offense is the way it is. But, I had to go with my boy AD just based off numbers and impact on the court. Because when LA, when people thought LA was, wasn't going to, you know, make it to um, the playoffs, they thought they were going to make it out to play in. AD also stepped up with the, with the help of the other teammates that they got to. But AD, part of that was through AD too. I mean, 25.9 points, 12.5 rebounds, 2.6 assists, one steal, two blocks, two turnovers, 56 points. 0.3% from the field goal, 25% from three, and 78% free throw. Three-point shooting could be better. He shot better from the three. But AD never been a great three-point shooter. He just hit the ones that, that they need at the time. So I had to go with AD based off numbers and impact and then go through defense. LA is a top defensive team because of him. They got better on defense when they got him in uh, 2019, 2020. And the defense has always been there. So, yeah, I had to go with AD. Sorry, it's a bonus. So for me at center, uh, I'm going with Sabonis. Uh, third seed in the West. I think he's the best player on the team. I think we disagree with that. I had to get him and De'Aaron Fox in there. They, they were both a top three seed. The, both the seasons that they had, uh, I, I, I saw no reason why not. I think he is the reason their offense is so good. Uh, he's top three in offensive win shares, top three in win shares, leads the league in rebounding. Uh, get you that 18 to 20 uh, points per game. He's a very good passer as well, kind of like a mini Jokic in that regard. Uh, so I think he really helps open up that offense, particularly. I think De'Aaron Fox is the pace. I think the uh, Sabonis is that guy in the half court that kind of makes everything go for him. Uh, Sabonis, third team center, had to get him on. The season was too good for me. Wait, wait, so wait, before we get off this, let's just say for the sake of argument, if LA wins, and if Sacramento wins their series, who do you think is going to be the best player in that matchup between Sabonis and AD? I had AD on my second team, so why are you asking me? I had AD on my second team. Okay, I was, okay, I'll just make sure. <laughs> I had AD on my second team. I had AD on my second team. But I had to get Sabonis in there. 
So, Scotty, I want to thank you for coming to the podcast, man. I appreciate it. Oh, no. It's always, always a pleasure to come on here. Oh, can I do something before I leave? Sure. I don't know. I feel like we should do this every show. Let me give, let me give you a trivia question I want you to answer. Okay. It's going to be regarding the basketball, though. Okay. It's only going to be about basketball. Okay. Can you name the last three guards to win the MVP? The last three guards to win the MVP. Can I name the last three guards to win the MVP? So, uh, Embiid's going to win it this year. Last year was Jokic. The year before that, it was Jokic. Then it was Giannis. Then it was Giannis. So, Harden. That's one. Then it was Steph. That's two. Does the stuff back to back count? Nope. Okay. Uh, 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 oh, D Rose. Derek Rose. There we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, question of my knowledge of NBA history, Scotty. Come on now. <laughs> okay, well, you're going to have more for me? Okay, okay. No, that works. That works. That works. Well, thank you for coming on the show, man. I appreciate that in the random trivia. And once again, I want to thank Scotty for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. I don't thank all of you for tuning into this episode. The 547th episode of Barbershop Sports Talk.